Hi. Hello. What are you doing? I'm eating the crispy pumpkin O's from Aldi. Oh. They were on clearance. What are you doing? Eating a banana. Looking at a Christmas tree. I feel bad if I'm crunching on a podcast, though. It feels like I should just let them melt in my mouth or something. How are your new socks? Oh, no nice socks. I like them. For some reason, they remind me. There's like a sock puppet they remind me of. Oh, the sock monkeys. Yeah. yeah. They look like a sock monkey. All right. The socks look like a sock monkey. Do they have a red card on them? They, they do. They are sock monkey socks. Oh my goodness. Why did I look, not realize that? So you did not intend that. I did not intend <laughs> that. I wonder how clean on. Kind of uncomfortable. I sit on the metal box. Metal and wood box. I don't know. We have snails for pets. That's what we have. Do you realize that? But growing up, you had snails for pets? Hmm? When did you have snails for pets? Right there. We oh. have snails for pets. Oh, in? In our, in our fish tank that's just a plant tank. Where do the snails come from anyway? Benjamin tells me that they came from, like, the plant itself. How does he know that? I don't know, but there are definitely snails in there. Interesting. I saw them with my own eyes. Yeah, I think I've seen them before too. So, I have to say that I have a pet, I have pet snails. It's true. This would constitute our only pets. They're only pets. Have you that named them? we can them? keep alive. No, because I don't see them very often. They're kind of no. hidden. But they're in the tank with the plant. I should name the plant. It's yeah. my water plant. I should name it. Yeah. You sure snails can't, like, travel through the air? Like, there's not, like, microscopic snails in the air. And they land in the tank and grew. Hmm. I don't know. I think they came from the plant or the plant food, which doesn't make sense for it to be the plant food because the plant food would not hold snails. So I think the plant somehow attracts snails. Or maybe there were snails on the plant that it got take when it got given to us. Like the little bacteria that became the snails. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway. How are you? I'm alright. The, uh, I was, my spirits were lifted by the Indians actually made a trade that made my heart feel good today. It sounds silly, but so um, at the end of the 2016 season, Carlos Santana's contract was up. He had been with the Indians for his whole career, and they didn't sign him because they don't ever sign players. And mm. he went to the Phillies. Well, yesterday, or today actually, they traded back for him. So he's coming back. And it turns out he never sold his house in Cleveland. Hmm. So he still has a house here. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And does he just, live in Cleveland, Cleveland? Or does he live in like... I'm sure he lives in suburb or something. Like Stowe. And I think it's only like half the year he lives here anyway. Like during, it was like, I think it was his house during the season. I suspect he goes south for the winter. Hmm. 
I always wonder which like cities sports players live in the most. Apparently, some lived in Braxville. That's where I grew up. But I want them to live in the city, city. I want everybody to live in the city, city. But maybe not everybody will agree with me. I think back in the day when they didn't make as much money, they did, and more people lived in the city. I actually like recall there was like pictures of like old time Indians players playing on like a sandlot with kids. Hmm. Presumably in the city. Well, I'm just wondering, like, what is the demographic of people who live in the city? I mean, there are people that, like, have to be young professionals that, like, live downtown and all those, like, apartment nine things or whatever. Because aren't those, like, almost 100% occupancy in the downtown? Yeah, downtown's pretty expensive. Yeah. So you have that, pe- those people. And then you have, like, I don't know, the hipsters, I guess we'd probably be in that. Who live in the city limits. I don't know. I've seen some, states. like, other hipsters around here. And I'm like, man, we don't look very hip. Are we 18 hipsters now? Maybe. Like, when I saw all these people walk into one of my new coffee shops, I was like, you people live around here? I wonder where they live. Yeah. it's a good question. Hmm. I mean, they could be living in a different neighborhood. I mean, I think a large They could, because it's right by the zoo. The one. Has all types. Yeah. I mean, it's not really, when you go to, like, the far west side, there's not really a whole big lot of difference between those people that live on the Cleveland side and the people who live on the other side. Okay. I mean, it's it's just neat to be in the city mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know. I like that you have your neighbors, like, next to you, and they kind of, like, talk to you, and I feel like we watch out for each other. We actually know who each other are. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. I like it. It's good. I mean, I'm guessing you can get to other places, but it just feels like you're kind of forced into small places here, so like you kind of have to know people. Yeah. Definitely, like, I mean, obviously, if you're in some big, curvy development thing with large yards on its own island, it's kind of hard to be near your neighbors, or you only have so many neighbors you can be near. So many places you can walk. Hmm. Um, I was just reading about the book Falling Free, and it's about this girl who moved from like the country on a six-acre farm to a city lot, and she's like, she's kind of extreme in the sense that she went from being very much. I mean, I know this type of person, and it's like they're very nice people I don't know if I am that person but um you know that's the person that like is very much around people who look just like them who act just like them who they all go to the same church they all do the same little like yoga probably thing together and they all do all these things that like are safe And they don't really step out their comfort zones very much. This is in the city or when they were in the country? No, this is when she was in the country. She did lots of yoga in the country? <laughs> I don't know. What do people do? I'm sorry. Is that what they don't do? Those I mean, was that what was in the book? I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, what do people do all together that they would go into the same little... Maybe they have the <laughs> little... You sound like a real city slicker. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do? No, I don't. Because you're, you're talking about the country bumpkins doing yoga. <laughs> they don't do yoga? I mean, maybe. It's, I'm sure some of them do, but I just I don't picture a bunch of people. Well, what would they do besides yoga? They would have farming classes? Because I like to, like, garden, so I don't really know. They might really go know. hunting. Hunting. Okay. I mean, I guess maybe the ladies don't go hunting as much. But that would be, like... Massaging so you can make a safe pension. Maybe the ladies do all go hunting. Some of them did growing up. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. I saw a bunch of yoga studios in my parents' town. Maybe they just popped up recently, though. So that's actually an interesting question. What do you call the small-ish town that's a little bit urban that's in the country? Is it still the country? I guess it kind of is. It's kind of still the country, but it's not... You don't have your big plot of land as much. Because you're right, there were a bunch of yoga studios there. No, but there, there's a that's a college town. Maybe that's why. That's a different. Um, that's a different feel. Okay, so hmm. maybe I just need to befriend some people. Would they have a local gym that they all go and do Zumba together, or is that also what city people do? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were going to say something different. And you said something that was like the closest possible thing to yoga. <laughs> do they all go and have mommy and me classes? Or they do? <laughs> that was the third closest thing to yoga. Well, what do girls do together? Do they? What, what do people do when they're out in the country? Do they go and they just have petting zoos? Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to offend everybody in the world right now. <laughs> of the whole five people that listen to our podcast. What? You give me... Like, besides hunting. They do not go hunting all the time. I lived in a small town. They did not go hunting. No, all the time. Only Some people did. They go and they can things together. Maybe that's okay, what they do. Yeah. They go and they can. And... So they have, like, a group canning session is what you're telling me. Maybe. I mean... You're more country than I am. See, so I shouldn't take him as a point of reference at all because you are Mr. I, mean, I was from the suburbs, so like, yeah, they went to the yoga studio. <laughs> <laughs> Except they didn't back then because I feel like yoga is much more popular now. Yeah. Well, I don't know what we were doing. I mean, maybe they, maybe there's a spot in the town center that they hang out with, yeah, like a restaurant or a... I mean, that's what they show on the TV shows in the country, right? They all have, like, one spot in town they all hang out with. I mean, because TV is really accurate. What? No. Not so much. I mean, sometimes people go to, like, a bar all together. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be one thing. You would probably all go to the bar together. Like, think, when you think of country, think of, like, the place who went to that cabin in Tennessee. Oh, or... yeah, and you and Russ are, like, terrified of the people at the one place with the... <laughs> or at least Russ was. I don't know. He might have just been like, okay, whatever. You just kind of go along with those things. But. Well, I mean, but they didn't. And more broadly speaking, how many yoga studios did you see there? There were zero yoga studios. So. Okay. Okay, so they don't go play yoga together. Maybe they all just go to the church together. Yeah, they can meet church. That's, local, a good, that's a probably good one. They go to the local Baptist church. Uh, maybe they have a. Uh, or, I don't know, some other. You know, other community institutions like the volunteer fire department or maybe yeah, a VFW. You know, that's very true. In the town I grew up, everybody was part of the fire department, all the girls and the boys, and that's why we had five fire departments in a town. 
go. Forget you guys also things. had lots of arson. We had lots of arson growing up, yeah. People would burn things down, so they have something to do. Maybe really that's what was... they do, is they burn things down. They burn things down. I mean, I don't remember very much graffiti or anything like that, but we had lots of burning things down. So you know what's sad is that like things like coffee shops didn't last very long there because there wasn't the clientele for them, which I think is weird because right by the college, you would think... And you think if they could support like 15 yoga studios, they could support a couple of coffee shops. Yeah. Oh, the other probably place they would go to would be the, would be the hair salons. They would probably go. all go to the everybody hair salons. Needs their hair. You, you see, you think of these things that everybody needs to do. Because in a lot of places, you might only have more or less the necessities in terms of actual businesses. All right. So they all go to the church. They meet at the church. And they all go to the fire stations. And the volunteer fire stations, and they all go to the hair studios. And then, like, the local hardware stores, they hang out there, too. Maybe. But the girls wouldn't hang out at the local hardware store. Maybe they would. I mean, yeah, you can't be sexist. I know. I'm sorry. Um, Maybe they have a library. Yeah. Or maybe not. Not sometimes. I mean, you would hope, but, like... We are definitely spoiled with our library system here, mm-hmm. and you don't know how like great yeah, your library mean, like, system that, is. Yeah, a library. Yeah, I mean like a little library. Like a little library. Yeah, there's probably a little library. I have to say, even like the one in the town that I grew up in was like pretty good now. Yeah, she looks pretty nice. I was impressed. It's not part of any system, is it? I mean, I think it's part of like there's. No, it's not like one of many. Yeah. But I think you can still do, like, an interlibrary loan from okay. local libraries kind of thing. Like, there is a county system or something. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so this person is a little extreme with her, like, one life to the other life. And just... I think it's a decent book, though. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, probably read a lot of these kind of books. I just kind of breeze through them because they're fun. I guess I'm not breezing through this very fast because I have, like, six other books I'm reading right now. But I'm trying to read it, and I think I'm learning some things. Maybe it's what got in my head, though, the other day. Made me in a bad mood. I don't know. <clears throat> One of these books did, I read. But... I do think there is something to not having everybody be all the same. There's definitely a good, I mean, there's a quality of life that you can't have without having people be different. And there's something to say that, like, you need to be able to interact with people who are different than you and not feel like everybody has to be exactly the same. Like, they don't have to agree with you. Every opinion doesn't have to be in unison like you can differ in things and still be able to function next to each other and I don't know of how many people actually like want that especially when I mean there's like the whole debate of like this is a person who's a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home mom do you work all that do you work part-time do you do this do you work in the home do you work out of the home and like there's like non-stop debate about all that stuff Like, everybody wants to be 
everybody be on the same page. Like, there was that, that Twitter craziness that some person wrote, like, oh, working mom versus a, a mom at home. Like, the differences of all the qualities, and they made it so that the stay-at-home mom person had all these great oh, qualities. And the working mom. I was just like, oh, my goodness. Most days for me as a stay-at-home mom, I'm all the working mom things or whatever she thinks are working mom things. Yeah. So I don't think that, like, I don't know. I want to say, like, it's actually a sense of something that I didn't grasp prior to Catholicism, but the sense of really having vocation and knowing that your choice is, like, what's best for you and for your family and the sense of vocation, like, the differences, the fact that we have all these people working together to make something work. Like, we don't all have to be the same. Maybe it's the difference between the fact that, like, a Protestant church, like, they're so, so well, not some, I mean, some of them are big, but a lot of them are smaller, and so, like, everybody can kind of be the same. But, like, you have the Catholic Church, which is universal, and you have all these differences. Like, there is a sameness in the sense that there is the Mass, and there are, you know, like, you can go anywhere and celebrate a Mass and kind of figure it out and follow along. But there's so many vast, there's such a vast difference in Catholics around the world that, like, I think you... Like, I don't know, at least I've understood more of the sense of we need each part. We don't need 20 million of the same type of person. We need to have differences in order for us to actually make sense. Yeah. Although in that particular example, I feel like there's Catholic corners that are incubating that kind of crazy, too. (laughs) There are, <laughs> and you have to stay clear of them. I think you're right. There are, you can fall into that for sure. I think maybe outside, I don't know. Maybe this is the Catholicism that I, like, try to ascribe I, to or something. I do, do. I do agree that I think there is a, when you go looking for it and appreciate it, there is a vastness of, different expressions that I mean I've actually taken a lot of solace in understanding getting into the psyche of like more of the Jesuit style thinking like reading America magazine and some of the reflections on there and going from thinking oh man they're just all crazy out there to seeing how appreciating how they emphasize like certain aspects of our faith like the you know the loving and caring for the poor, that kind of thing. And for them, it doesn't mean that the other aspects are, like, non-existent. It's just, like, those are their spiritual gifts. Like, and so so you have, like, the Jesuits, and you have the Dominicans, and you have the Benedictines. And, like, I don't understand any of this stuff yet completely. Like, I still need to understand how the differences of all the different orders of the religious folk there are. But... It's just, it's kind of neat how it all comes together and we're all, like, one under God. And yet we all can be uniquely ourselves, and that is okay. Yeah. 
But yeah, you're right. There are some crazy Catholics out there. American <laughs> crazy Catholics for some reason. Well, that's it. And that's uh, the kind of the weird thing is that these, these, it's almost like the sects are, are the, the S-E-C-T's. Um, I'm not trying to think of the, the right. Sect. Yeah, sect. Pop. Sect. Yeah, pop, plural though. Sect. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Sex. Yeah, you so see it, it, I see it, it, it does sounds, sound like it, huh? Yeah, yeah. S E C T S, yes. Huh? It seems like people are are identifying more deeply left wing and right wing than any of their religious expressions lately. Like it's almost having see, more. That seems so than, wrong because like does. that's just I mean, I've heard it emphasized that that's making politics your religion. It can be in a sense, yeah. I mean I don't wanna you know, say somebody has sacrificed their religion wholesale. Like I think it's just I think it's seeping in. I think it is just seeping in. You're right. It becomes such a deep part of our. Um, like it just it just embeds itself with their religious belief. So even even if it's, if seventy five percent of our religion is still our religion, this twenty five percent then that has crept in because because of politics, has just seen increasing emphasis. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, I think the, the barometer for if that's not happening is, is how uncomfortable would your beliefs make people of, of political inclinations uncomfortable of all types, left or right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one thing I've noticed and not saying they're perfect or anything, but like the more I read something like America Magazine, I actually appreciated their conservatism <laughs> in certain aspects. And, uh, you know, I was like, hey, there's some people who are, are grappling with some real issues and don't see it in terms of, of one side of the political spectrum or the other. Because hmm. at the end of the day, we're trying to arrive at what's the, the Catholic answer, what's the, the loving, compassionate, and truthful answer. And it's often, it's, it's, not, even, it's not even necessarily middle just because it's not left or right, it might be something completely different. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting thinking about that. But anyways, this is the book. The book is called Falling Free. Rescued from the life I always wanted. You know what I think, what I think of the country? What do you I've think I've never of? seen of one of these, but I just read about it so many times party lines where they would have like one phone for like a bunch of houses oh you know no they don't have that now but I they know. did have that my mom has, can tell you all kinds of stories about that i remember hearing she said that. that she still to this day doesn't like talking on the phone because she grew up for so long having party lines yeah and because they had party lines like your neighbor could listen into your conversation because the phone went like, I don't know how many houses, maybe twenty houses or something around. Right. Yeah. And it was like different. You answered the phone for different rings. Like it would ring different ways right, for your yeah. house. Yeah, she's kind of funny about phones. And didn't they? Didn't they often wire of wire it up to like <coughs> wired fences on property boundaries? I think. Like that Maybe, was actually what know. carried the. Um, I could ask her. You could ask her. I'll, yeah, I'll ask her when I call her about moving because you're moving in like two days or something. Oh, yeah. 
I think it probably you know probably depend on the place, but I thought I thought I remember that being the case sometimes that it was actually wired into your fence. That's interesting. I don't think I didn't know about that part, but I've been geeking out on. So are you? Is it because you're listening to old timey things? Exactly. This is what so I was that's why. Because that those don't exist anymore, my dear. I know, I know, but I still think of them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you can ask my mom. She probably yeah. might remember some of these things. It is, it is interesting looking back at these things. So I've been watching some video podcasts or listening in the background or whatever. And um, like one, for I don't even know why it's called this, but it's called Tech Moan, like all one word, like tech and moan together. Uh, it's some British guy, and he just, he's obsessed with magnetic tape uh, in particular, but he looks at all old technologies in general, and he just goes through and... He'll just find some really old, weird, obscure device. Like the other day, it was a portable tape player that you could also mount under your dashboard of your car. And it was like the first tape player that ever worked in a car, and it was from Germany. Hmm. And they only put out like eight albums on it or something like that. <laughs> um, or, or like uh, there was a a computer game like it was like a quiz game like a four-player quiz game and it had um i forget who made it. it wasn't milton bradley i think it was somebody else who made it but it had like buttons on each side and it actually the, the quiz games were on an eight track cassette tape and they actually like set beeps across in the middle of the, the thing to indicate like when it would go and what the answer was and stuff like that all these just weird things back from like when you could airplane? I, I guess so. Go. I don't know if the people on the podcast can hear the airplane. Oh. Um, like, like back when things were still kind of always had a mechanical aspect to them. Like now, like when you have like a memory card or I mean an MP3, obviously, you know, it's all digital. Like we can't see. It's just like bits and bytes moving around. Hmm. Um, there's no longer any moving parts or anything. We have whole computers that have no moving parts. Um. But not that long ago, everything, like you had to account for physics when you had a tape. Like a tape was constrained by like, oh, I could mail it. It would be cheap enough to mail, but it could only record three minutes because that was how long the tape was or something like that. Mm. Um, or even like he pulled out this old thing that was from the early 70s and it was a, it was like a disc changer, but it was mm-hmm. for cassette tapes. <laughs> And you would have make a wheel, you have a wheel, and you'd stick 24 cassette tapes in it. Mm. And they would spin around, and then the cassette would just go whoop into the system. And it would play the cassette. And then it would spin it back out again and spin the thing around. Mm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And now everything's like, like when people look at this stuff, they'll just be like, oh, I plugged it in and it didn't work because it wasn't connected to the internet. <laughs> like if they find it in a, a, a pod shop or something. <laughs> Hmm. Is that a video or a podcast? It's a YouTube video. I mean, you it's like a regular videos. series. So how do you, like, watch these things while you code? Because that's what you do. I mean, I'm flipping back and forth, so I'm, like, mostly listening to it. Okay. But it's popping on the screen somewhere. Sometimes when I have my dual screen set up, it's going on the other screen, and I'm just peeking over when I'm, something's loading on my computer, and... Um, okay. every once in a while I get distracted just because I just had a bunch of coding and I needed to let my brain take a little break and I'll watch a little more intently. 
Hmm. Interesting. I was just like, feel like, I guess if you just listen to video, it's probably okay, but I feel like it's hard to do something when there's a picture in front of me. It is a bit more distracted. Like, sometimes I have to, like, turn that off. And I think it helps, though, when the videos aren't tremendously, like, by standards of, like, a TV drama, they're not that interesting. Okay. <laughs> like, they're kind of a little dry and technical sometimes. That probably helps. Yeah. Hmm. I think Ephraim's been trying to wrap Christmas presents for people and put them underneath the tree. Do you see that there's two presents? Oh, interesting. Yeah. They're like insistent. I guess it's only what a week and a half till Christmas or about. So the kids are in the very can't hardly wait thing. Yeah. But I was even thinking about, I was looking at the O antiphons and they start soon too. They start on the 16th, I think, or something like that. So like... They are the when the church officially prepares for Christmas. And um, I actually don't know. Let me go get the paper real quick. Okay. <laughs> I guess I have to talk amongst myself. So, one time I was, oh, here she is. She's back. It's when the church intensifies the preparation for Christmas. Oh. With the use of O antiphons, a symbol. Oh, well, symbol of the Jesse tree. Well, so we're doing the Jesse tree, and so, like, they use the O antiphons in the last. Oh, I guess it's on the 17th, not the 16th. So the 17th is the 23rd, or based on the O antiphons. O antiphons. So there's things antiphons. that, like, you're, the names of Jesus. So I love you have Jesus is wisdom, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is flower, Jesse. So I don't know. I just think that that's like Christmas is getting close when it comes uh. to that. So yeah, we participated in a Jesse tree ornament exchange, and I didn't ever go in person and I don't go to the church but like a fellow Catholic got me into the exchange so we made a whole bunch of little baby Moses ornaments or more ornaments for Moses and the kids pretty much did them so they looked like a kid did them but I think they're pretty darn cute and the fact that the kid did them he said the priest actually said get the kids to do them like if you had kids to get the kids to do them and that was okay so, guess what? We did it that way. And it was good. I think it was good. I think it went well, and that's okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so if you know more about the ant O antiphon, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but the O antiphons, if you understand them more, that's your watch. That is my watch. Somebody's thinking me. If you understand them more and you want to tell us about them, please do. You can send us a feedback through the Anchor app, I think. They let you do that. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then once we learn about the O antiphons, we can learn about the P antiphons. Ha ha. How was your retreat? Oh, it was okay. 
I don't know. I talked. I tried to talk too long, but whatever. What did you talk about? I talked about mercy. I talked about the Pope Francis, the name God is Mercy book. It's a good okay. book. Lots of mercy stuff in there. One priest says that um, he prays that God, sorry if I've forgiven too much, like in confession. Like after confession, he prays that. He's worried he might have forgiven too much. He says, oh God, uh, I'm sorry if I've forgiven too much, but you gave me a bad example. I was just thinking, like, wouldn't God forgive no matter what? Like, I mean, if the contrite heart, no matter what. Well, like, that's the point. It, yeah. It's easy to forget that. It's it's easy, like I don't know. There's a mode of thinking, and I've been in it plenty where it's like you feel like God is keeping score and trying to get call you out, out of technicality. See, and I think that's like the difference of the way that different people look at God in different ways because like that's not how that's not really where I struggle with God right it's not everybody no but it's interesting huh nah I struggle with other things for sure but anyway it's, it's getting becoming late. officially a long podcast I know I'm gonna be really slow at the end so goodbye yeah. bye 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 bye